school basketball fans welcome to our season finale special 2020 section 5 championship preview edition of the upstate hoops podcast i'm jim sinecropi here inside the finger lakes one.com studios with a full panel of wayne finger lakes high school basketball experts and over the next 90 minutes we'll be breaking down the matchups in all 18 boys and girls sectional basketball tournaments that begin this week. The Upstate Hoops podcast and all of our coverage of Wayne Finger Lakes High School basketball is brought to you thanks to the support of Generations Bank, Little John Orthodontics, DeSanto Propane, and Bill Cram Chevrolet. So glad you could be with us this morning. It's our most popular podcast of the season and I'll welcome in our guests, our panel of experts, starting with the real Coach K, Kevin, Special K Korzaneski. How you doing, Jim? Thanks for coming in this morning. We had a great time last night out at Del Lago. Watched the had some dinner, watched the fight. Yeah, I watched my first boxing match for the first time since maybe I was eighteen. Since Douglas Tyson. Yeah, that's right. I enjoyed it though. It was a good, good night and a good fight. It was, and one of Corsi's teammates on the nineteen ninety two state championship Minders boys basketball team, current Minders girls varsity head coach Jerry Anderson. Coach, thanks for coming back in. Thanks for having me again. Come a regular on our sectional preview show each year and if you could have just one man to talk Wayne Finger Lakes High School hoops with on a Sunday morning the popular choice would be coach of the 1994 state champ Clyde Savannah Golden Eagles our own Kevin Sharp wow. Sharpie wow thanks Jim it's great to be here buddy so we have a lot to get to in this show um, but before we get into the brackets kind of want to put a wrap on the regular season and uh, recognize the league champs this year in the East, the Wayne Eagles, a bit of a surprise from what we thought in the beginning of the season. And the girls on the final week of the regular season, Penyan upset Palmat girls at home to force a tie uh, atop the Finger Lakes East girls. In the West, Red Jacket Indians took, uh, in the boys' West, Red Jacket Indians took the title in a tie in the girls as well with Marcus Whitman in Red Jacket. And then Wayne was all Lions. We're getting used to the Lions' boys winning the Wayne uh, County title. But this year, Kristen Bassett and the Lions, Lady Lions, also champions of Wayne County. And our Player of the Year awards, and our, our league awards, I should say, um, and we can have a brief discussion about some of this. In the East, it was Devin Martin of Geneva and Carol Walker of Midlakes in the West, Chase Rizzo from Red Jacket, Kiara Woody from Romulus, and in Wayne County, it was Cam Chance and Izzy Wilbur. Coaches of the Year, Bill Thompson for the Wayne Eagles in the East, uh, Katrina Davenport having a capturing the number one seed for the Penyan Mustangs in Class B2 girls. In the West, uh, Rob Delasante for Honeyoy. I mean, that, that program, uh, with the, they had they took girls. There was no girls program this year. So Rob Delasante actually had members of the girls team play with his team, and they came in second in the uh, Finger Lakes West and got a good shot in Class D1 sectionals. Uh, Bri Parzak for Marcus Whitman. Another great season as she's built that program. Dean Schott loses the best player in program history, maybe, in Justice Smith 
and comes back and captures the Wayne County title. And Kristen Bassett, of course, off the top, uh, we said how they won the league title. Uh, so she's our coach of the year. And then our players of the year, Cam Chance uh, for Clyde, Izzy Wilbur for Red Creek, Bill Thompson for, from Wayne, and uh, Kristen Bassett from Lions for the overall uh, players and coaches of the year. And over to the right there, you also see our terrific 21 players uh, recognizing some of the standouts from this great season of high school basketball that we just enjoyed. And um, I guess, uh, Corsi, I'll start with you. Uh, Bill Thompson, Finger Lakes East Coach of the Year. you agree with that? Uh, hands down. Um, you know, when you think about what perspired or transpired, sorry, in the uh, boys' league this year, you know, he lost so much and uh, came back with a junior, Tyler Reynolds, who, you know, is a possible player of the year candidate in the league. Uh, certainly had a good year as a junior, really can score the ball. Um, and, it, and a young team. And uh, they just kind of rolled through the league early on, kind of unnoticed. But mm-hmm. uh, Bill did a great job. Those kids know the system. Uh, they trust in him. And uh, well-deserving for Bill Thompson. And... Um Jerry, in the Finger Lakes East, it was uh, coach there was Katrina Davenport. Now you're a coach in the Finger Lakes East, and I mean, you know, you could say Mike Bree or Dan Harris could easily got that, you know, sharing the league title, having great seasons. But we went with Davenport, and yeah. let's talk about what she's done in Penn. You know, I think it's a it's a great selection. Uh, what she's done with that program, she's taken that program over uh, probably three four years ago. Um, you know, and, and they weren't as competitive as what they likely should have been. Uh, she's done a great job of establishing some expectations, and uh, you know they're rolling right now. Um, you mentioned it at the start of the show. You know, the upset over Pelmac that actually decided the league. Um, you know, that, that's a team right now that that could go deep into postseason plays, and she's done a great job. Yeah, I assume if you can beat Pelmac. Um then you can beat anybody in B2 as well. And as the number one seed, they're, they're positioned. And uh, and we'll, of course, talk about the B2 division coming up here when we get into the brackets. And, you know, the other thing was, um, you know, Wayne County Coach of the Year, Dean Schott, which I feel is well-deserving. Uh, but also I think equally deserving might have been Darren Preston. I didn't want to go further without <coughs> Sharpie giving you a chance to talk about what Darren Preston has done with the Clyde program, who was five wins a year ago and uh, turned it, like, flipped the score. Flipped it right around. Yeah, I got a chance to watch them play numerous times this year, and I just think the, the improvement from last year to this year is uh, is very extreme. I mean, he just did a phenomenal job with those guys, you know, plugging guys in different spots. They've, you know, they missed pl- key players throughout the year, and he was able to put put them in a position to win a lot of games. You know, down the stretch, Lions, they were score was tied with four minutes to go. He had a couple key players fall out, and Clyde does not have a deep bench at all. Um, you know, Coach Schott's resume speaks for itself. You know, you mentioned losing arguably the best player in the league in Justice and, and then, you know, a couple other key players throughout the year and what he's done, number one seed, ran the table in Wayne County. Um, he is deserving, but I also think Darren Preston is equally deserving. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those kids from Lions played for Darren for like four or five years during the summertime. So, you know, Amir James and Horace Betts and Justin Smith and – Jatez Barber and Benji Kemp, those guys all played numerous games with Darren. So I think he is a reason, not the reason, yeah. but a reason why those guys are as good as what they are. Yeah, that is an interesting wrinkle. He's he's uh, helping the players from his rival, the Clyde's yeah. biggest rival, get better in the yeah. summer in AAU. Um, but uh, yeah, so 
kind of putting a wrap on the regular season now and we get ready to move ahead to the postseason one last thing we need to do is look at our final power rankings of the season and then there you get a look at the boys uh, Wayne I think they started the season at maybe seven or eight and uh, didn't take long for them to get up to number one uh, Matt Desring and Geneva doing a great job Lions ends at three uh, followed by Waterloo Whitman Red Jacket Newark Minders uh, Penyan and uh, Clyde Savannah um, so the Penyan boys also uh, having a, a pretty decent season in the Finger Lakes East and um, and mentioning seeing Minders there. There was a time early on in the season we thought they might drop out of these power rankings for good, but uh, they've uh, Coach Prane's got them playing pretty good and they've got some key wins in the second half of the season. And then we'll just flip it over to the girls' side for the power rankings real quick. And uh, there you got Pelmac, despite that upset loss to. Penyan and the season finishes at the top spot, followed by Waterloo, and then Penyan all the way up to number three. Um, Leapfrog in Midlakes. Uh, then you got the Lions girls, Red Jacket girls, Whitman girls. Of course, Red Jacket beating Whitman um, to share that league title. Uh, Minders, Clyde, and Red Creek. And before we go to, uh, into the brackets, uh, just real quick, our player of the year, Sharpie, was... Cam Chance. Just talk about him as a player. Oh, my goodness. I, I love watching Cam play. And he's the kind of kid that just goes out and plays basketball. He doesn't get carried away with all the hype. And he makes a shot. He doesn't gesture the crowd or taunt a player. Mm -hmm. I just love watching him play. His energy is as good as anybody I've seen in the Finger Lakes in years. Athletically, physically, he's just extremely gifted. Um, you know, he's the kind of kid that, yeah, I think he was the best player in the Finger Lakes this year. But he could go to a bigger school in a different conference and still you know, be one of the best players there, I think. I think he's one of the best players in Rochester. And he's our Wayne Finger Lakes Boys Player of the Ground. Our Wayne Finger Lakes Girls Player of the Year was a no-brainer, If you're, especially if you're going statistically. I mean, the stats that Izzy Wilbur put up were unbelievable this year. She's had at least three triple-doubles, two 40-point games, like seven 30-point games. And, uh, Jerry, just talk a little bit about Izzy. Yeah, I mean, she's a special player. Uh, it, you know, you'll hear some critics that'll talk about you know her longevity and the amount of varsity season she's played, mm -hmm. and you know they'll question the the competition. But anybody that can put points on the board the way she does is a special player. So, um, you know, we we got to recognize that and, and give her her due there. So, uh, you know, generational player, uh, really special. So she's done a great job in her career. And two thousand points this year, and she's a junior. So she'll be back next year to score even more points. I don't know if she'll get to 3,000, but 2,000, pretty pretty darn good. Um, so anyways, let's get into the brackets. That's why everybody woke up early. That's why everybody's here. Next week we start the um, sectional playoffs, and it uh, should be fantastic. So let's break them all down. So there's 113 boys basketball teams competing, and Section 5 will crown 10 champions next weekend at the Blue Cross Arena. Three of the 10 are number one seeds of the number one seeds are from the Wayne Finger Lakes leagues. Those are Geneva, Red Jacket, and Lions. There's also 106 varsity girls teams competing in eight tournaments featuring three number one seeds, Waterloo, Penyan, and Lions. And uh, let's get started quickly by running through some of the brackets we're not going to 
discussed too much in length. Uh, but in Class AA, the 19-1 Victor Blue Devils were undefeated at 19-0 until last week's loss to Hilton. They'll face Fairport Aquinas winner on Friday. The AA semifinals are the only semifinals at the Blue Cross. In AA girls, uh, Penfield comes in as a top seed with an 18-2 mark. They'll have to contend with number 2 seed Gates Chile or number 3 seed Bishop Carney on their way uh, to the title. The Victor girls open as a 7 seed versus School of the Arts on Tuesday. In D1 boys, the only Wayne Finger Lakes representative in D1 is Rob DeLasante's Honeyoy Bulldogs coming in as the 5th seed with a 14-6 record, 2nd place in the FL West. They'll face a two-win Kendall team on Tuesday before the winner of Fillmore and Arkport on Friday night. And in boys' class D2, we got Joe Pisnack's Romulus Warriors as the seventh seed. Romulus sits at 7-13 and 13 on the season and faces 10-seed Andover, who went 5-15. and 15. If they win, much stiffer a test would weight them as they would have to travel to take on number 2-seed Sio on Saturday night. In the D1 girls bracket, there's no Wayne Finger Lakes teams, but Hammond Sport, a local team on the south end of Cuca Lake, is the number four seed, awaiting uh, the Batavia Notre Dame Genesee Valley winner. Uh, Fillmore is the top seed at 18 and two. And then in girls class D2, the Romulus girls varsity basketball program has shown signs of life this season. And Charlie Luffman's squad, led by Kiara Woody and Hannah Mingus, take the third seed, where they'll meet the Andover Mount Morris. Winner on Friday night in Romulus. If they advance, a tough North Star Christian team, the two seed could be waiting for them. And the top seed in this class D2 is a strong Elba team. And then, uh, yeah, so Romulus, a state champ in 2014, I think, could, could make a run for a sectional title here. Always good basketball in the south end of Seneca County. Then we go to class boys, class A1, the top seed. In A1 would be Perennial Power Arondequoit, while the number two seed is 16 and 4 Leadership Academy. The Canandaigua Braves are the 10th seed after a 4 and 16 season. They play at number seven, Spencerport Wednesday. And in the girls' class A, Arondequoit, top seed there as well at 17 and 3. And the only team to receive a bye in this 15 team bracket. The Canandaigua Lady Braves come in as the four seed after a 13 and seven season and they'll host Spencerport on Wednesday night. And here's where we'll slow it down and bring some of our panel in for the discussion. We'll start with boys class A2. So Wayne coming off two sectional titles in the last three years in a tough A2 classification and last year lost two of the top five scorers in program history along with their entire starting lineup. Despite that, they shocked everyone by winning the Finger Lakes East. And, Corsi, I'll start with you. You know, what is their chances in this very difficult bracket here to bring home another sectional title to Ontario? Well, I I think you said it best with it's a very difficult bracket. And uh, Wayne traditionally had a very difficult time getting through this bracket up until the last few years when, when they kind of rolled through with, I wouldn't say rolled through, but made it through with you know a, quite a dynamic team. Uh, I don't think they have that same uh, dynamic uh, players. You know, they're, they're, geez, they lost an Elevich, and then they came back and won it. But, you know, the last year was Blankenberg and, you know, big country out there. And, you know, and, you know those, guys are, those guys are on college rosters. You know, they're, they're good basketball players. Um, not to say that some of these young kids might not go play college for Wayne, but they're juniors. And so I really see him maybe getting one win in this bracket and then probably being done. 
but, you know, if they play like they have at times this year, they've beaten some pretty good teams. Uh, he challenges them with a tough schedule. Uh, he gets up and plays the Monroe County teams whenever he can. So, but, you know, looking at it, um, they got HFL. They, they could lose that game. They could. You know, HFL's a tough team. Uh, if they get by HFL, then, you know, they got North Star waiting for them. Um, and that's going to be hard. And then <laughs> he just keeps going. Well, you know, then, then you get past them. I think probably East is the best team in Section 5. Right. Uh, so the fact that East is, is an A2 and, and probably the best team in Section 5, you know, the Wayne Eagles got to go out and just try and play their best basketball and see what happens. Sharp, you've seen him play a few times this year. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I want to back up what Corsi said a little while ago about Coach Thompson being Coach of the Year. One of the things that I like best about them is that you know, what he's done this year isn't just this year. It's a culmination of, of his effort and the program that he's got there. He's, you know, you go to an AAU tournament, and they've got three or four different teams in there, and he's there all day long. So, I mean, he's, he's building something over there, and it's the last few years you've seen the results, but I think it's just going to keep getting better. Um, you know, I just, I've always underestimated what they could do in this bracket, and they always seem to, to, to raise some eyebrows. Um, they've got... You know, an extremely good team for the Finger Lakes. Let's see how they're going to match up with the athletes that they're going to face with the North Star Christian and with you know with East. East has two losses this year. One came to a team in Brooklyn, and the other one was to McQuaid. <laughs> so I mean, they're, they're just they have a different athlete than what Finger Lakes East teams face on a day in and day out basis. But you know, Wayne, no one ever thought after what they lost that they'd be you know a three seed and win the Finger Lakes East, and they just they just keep surprising people i've got a lot of respect for that program and that uh east the team that beat them last year in the semifinals to end their chance at getting three straight sectional titles but i go back to three years ago when they um won it for the first time when we sat in our studio it was actually our old studio at the time and talked about a2 nobody picked them to have a chance and then they kind of surprised everybody um i think that was northeast douglas or no wilson magnet they beat in fairport in one of the better high school basketball games i've ever seen and um you know, then they came back the next year and won again. And so then finally the third time, we, with all their seniors, we kind of were, some of us were picking them, and then they ran into East High. So it's really tough. But uh, certainly uh, I wouldn't count them out, but it's going to be, I think, this year as tough as any of the past three or four years for them to, to get that sectional title. So um, let's move it on here now. We're going to jump around a little bit here in the brackets. And... Um, as we take one last look at A2 there and then move it over to C1. Now the whole C classification for the boys is pretty interesting and um, we will start with C1 here where Red Jacket's the number one seed, Marcus Whitman's the two seed, Gananda's the three seed. So if there's a bracket out there where we have a chance to see an all Wayne Finger Lakes championship in the Blue Cross Arena, which would be a uh, Friday night, I think, will be the all class, three Class C classifications will be at the Blue Cross um, at 5, 7, and 9. Um, but Red Jacket uh, you know, won the Finger Lakes West League that Marcus Whitman was not a part of uh, this year as they played an independent schedule. Gananda, I think, finished second in Wayne County. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, uh, and then you even throw in East Rochester in there, who's got a chance to make some noise. You know, Williamson, Sotis is a seven seed, um, so it's a real Wayne Finger Lakes heavy bracket. And um, you know, I'll talk a little bit first about you know Red Jacket. Uh, over the past several years in the West, a lot of attention been being paid to 
um, you know, Marcus Whitman for obvious reasons. They won the league four years in a row and um, have made it to the sectional finals uh, last year before losing the semifinals the year before. But the Red Jacket went to the sectional finals last year too and lost to to an excellent Clyde team, our Lions team. Um, They gave them a game, and so that made us look up and say, geez, what's going on here? What's Trevor Gage got going on down there in Shortsville? And they bring back, you know, a senior-laden lineup. Adam Borst is a great point guard. Matt Record and Chase Chase Rizzo was our player of the year in the West. Matt Record may have been second in voting, you know, for player of the year. They got size in uh, Travis Hill, and uh, they're just a great group of kids that really like to play with with each other. And... um, so deserving number one seed, but I think despite being number one seed, I feel kind of like uh, it might be you know Whitman who's the favorite in this bracket. And Sharp, you've seen Whitman play a few times as well as Gananda. Just I'll let you start off the conversation here and see one. Well, I will follow up a little bit what you said about Red Jacket. You know, Trevor Gage is their coach, and that guy wins wherever he goes. They were in the finals to Clyde a couple years ago, and it was a pretty close game when you know um, Derek Chance and, and those guys were playing. Um, the best player hurt his knee early in the game, and then Clyde went, ran, ran him out. But you know he won a sectional softball title in Newark, and now he's the number one seed at Red Jacket in the basketball. So the guy knows, how to, get, know, the guy knows how to get teams prepared for postseason runs. Um, you know how I, how I feel about Marcus Whitman. I just love the way that whole program plays basketball. They get up in your face, play hard defense, they're patient on offense. Um, you know, I, I can see them coming out of this bracket. And the semifinal, if it works out this way between them and Ganon, is going to be something I, I really want to see. You know, teams that have good guards this time of year kind of have an advantage. And, you know, Ganon has got two of the best in Wayne County in Brongo and Brongo um, and Gabbard. So that should be very interesting to watch. Yeah, and both juniors coming back right. next year. Jeff Thompson, by the way, 300th win this year. Uh, it's a pretty big accomplishment when you get to 300. Uh, Jerry, you saw Whitman play minors this year, I think, at Martha L. Baker. You were there for that yeah, game. Yeah, I've and, seen him play a couple of times. Yeah. You know, really impressed with, with what Coach O'Connor has done this year. Uh, you know, I think it was a big step for them to go independent and build their, their schedule out, uh, the strength of schedule. Um, not taking anything away from Red Jacket, but I really believe this is Whitman's bracket to lose. And something they, that they maybe been, have been building for a little bit, you know, especially with the move to go independent, it was for the purpose of this winning this sectional tournament. So, Corzy, you think that was a good move? Uh, well, you know, Sharpie is a former coach like myself and Jerry, a current coach. You, you really, I've been intrigued by this independent move. For a year now, you know, I remember at the end of last year, Greg talking about Coach O'Connor talking about going independent, and and uh, you know, we talked about playing each other. I set the league, you know, the schedule up for Minders this year, um, and you know, we, we said well, we'd love to play it twice, and I think it's a good move. But mm-hmm. there's so many moving pieces. This this is so exciting, and I know it's yeah. small basketball and C1, but I'm so intrigued by this more than anything because of this move to independence and. You know, you're basically telling the league that you're in that you're better than them. You know, and and and, and it's it's the right move for them. It really was the right move. So uh, now you have Red Jacket runs through the league, and look what they end up with—the one seed, right? And so mm-hmm. you can't control the stuff. And in the second round, they got to play Finney. And right. Marcus, Marcus Robinson's yeah. good enough to be any one of these teams right. by himself. Yeah. He'd That's go out it. and drop 55 on you. Yeah. And, and that's who Red Jacket has by going undefeated. That's the reward. You're better going, off being you know, second seed. Undefeated the league and one loss in the one seed. So I don't know if I'd want that one seed. Right. So that worked out in Coach O'Connor's yeah. favor. It really did. 
And and so now you look at it, and Lions has talked about maybe going independent here and there over the years to get out of Wayne County. So, you know, it's Coach Dean Schott watching this, and if Red Jacket and Whitman end up playing each other, there will be a lot of talk about how what a great great league or out of league schedule independent schedule that Greg O'Connor put together they had they went 14 and 6 with a, I mean they're playing yeah. A schools right. they're traveling to Wellsville yeah. a lot of B's I, too like I mean, Cornell they, you know, Minders they, they, they really put a tough schedule and I, and I, and I watched that all year like how are they going to do and they did good so I think everybody here is sitting yeah Whitman's in better shape mm-hmm. but now they're going to come down to that one game yeah. one game and maybe Whitman doesn't play good Red Jacket plays better and everybody says well that's what you get for going independent. You know, I know what I'd be talking to my kids if I was Coach Gage before that game. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. and so uh, it's it's a little controversial. Um, I think it's so intriguing, and I just I'm so excited. I like to watch every one of this game in this bracket to see how yeah. it plays out. As a former coach, like it's a it was a big gutsy move for them to move, uh, 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 you know, to a independent schedule. But I believe it was the right move. They handled it well. Uh, they're going to be ready. You know, Red Jacket didn't have that schedule, so now all of a sudden they got to play a couple tough games for the first time all year in sectionals, and that's what Marcus Whitman felt that they fell fell short. You know, they would go in and they'd see Northstar and like, whoa, you know, we don't see anybody like this in the West. And, yeah. You know, they'd see Finney, and yeah. you know, now those teams are a little down and out, and you know, but here he is. I think I think Whitman's going to be tested and and prepped, and and both those teams have seniors that are they will kill. For a sectional title, yeah, and Red Jacket and Marcus Whitman. Right. I mean, you know, it, so if they, those these guys match up, yeah. I mean, what an intriguing matchup that would final would be. It'd be, it'd be awesome. Yeah. It you is, know? and that, and I don't. I want to say that's the kind of the matchup everybody hoping for, but that really doesn't do much justice for poor Gananda sitting there at the third seed. Yeah. Um, you know, they got they would match up well <laughs> with Marcus Whitman and, and could give him a shot on a neutral floor. That semifinal round could be. Could be great, assuming Red Jacket's able to get by Finney. They would have to play. Um, geez, we're missing our four seed in our bracket there. Who is it? Byron Burgeon. 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 Okay, so um, there's a good chance it could be Byron Burgeon or CG Finney um, in the one half, uh, and then you know Whitman Gananda potentially in the second, or even seeing Gananda East Rochester play in the quarters. That's a huge rivalry game. Uh, that, that'll be a wild scene in Gananda. Um, and what would that be next uh, Friday mm-hmm. night? So um, this is a great bracket, and too too tough to too hard to uh, to call. But yeah, Red Jacket Whitman with all the storylines would be incredible. It, it would really happen. really yeah. would be. And, and you know, like you said, you have you know Gananda sitting there. They they could knock off Whitman for right. sure. Right. Um, but just the way Whitman gets up and plays their defense and. And, and the chemistry they have, it's, it's, a, it's a tough out. It's a, Whitman's a really tough out for the C, C, what is it, C1 bracket. The brutal thing about it is that Red Jacket has a bunch of seniors that have been playing together since they were you know, in third grade and been building towards this. Um, they were also in the Blue Cross last year and got a taste of it, didn't get the block. Marcus Whitman, we know all about their attempts to uh, get better in sectionals and bring home a first sectional title. Um, in uh, 1976, it's the combination it, right? lock that yeah. Greg O'Connor puts on the balls before practice. <laughs> so he's got to go to 1976. I'm more curious why O'Connor's got to lock his balls up. <laughs> but, you know, and you say that, and here's one thing I do like about this. If it does become, if Red Jacket can slow down Marcus Robinson, if it's a Whitman-Red Jacket final, one of those teams loses, 
and it's going to be tragic for those seniors that right. work so hard right. and developed everything. But at least they're not being outed by a private right. school Absolutely. with C1. So right. there's so many times I've sat in the War Memorial, you know, all of us, yeah. Yeah. And, and you see this great team come in from a small town that they've been building together for years, and then all of a sudden they run into a private that maybe just you know came together a year or two to go, you know, and, and they got a lot of talent, and then you run into that. That's really disheartening and, and can really you know take the sales out of you right. as a fan when a private beats a public like that. So if it's a public public, yep. you know, it, it does it stings a little less, I think. And coach, you've been involved with um, girls that worked hard their whole career, and then you know you get there and um, and you fall a little short, you know. So that's going to happen to one of these teams. Sure. They both can't win it, you know. Yeah, and and I, I you know, I, I sound like a broken record, but I've I've just been really impressed with with the Whitman program and how it's evolved over the years. Um, you know, that, that's a team that's as athletic as any team in the East. You know, they have size, they have a high IQ. Um, and, and just putting more and more pressure on Coach O'Connor, but uh, you know, again, I, I love them in this bracket. Absolutely love them. Now, when, when you talk about Finney, right? They've probably got the most talented kid in you know two or three brackets, maybe even four. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, he, he he could be a dominant player at the AAA level. He's ninth grader. Right. So, no. I've also I've also seen teams with you know at the boys level and girls level that have one one stud. That gets hot and carries teams, mm-hmm. right? And he's got that ability, uh, you know, to put points on the board and make his teammates better. So, it, it, it's a tough bracket, but the best team in this bracket, without a doubt, clearly to me, is Marcus Whitman. And and we know, uh, with all the coaching that we've done over the years, the best team doesn't always win. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree with everybody's sentiments there. Going to be a great C one tournament, and then C two, and of course, all these C champions are going to play in the state playing round, which that could be intriguing too. But looking at Class C two, um, you know, you got Lions at number one, uh, Perry at number two. That's the team that Justice Smith squad uh, defeated last season in the Blue Cross, um, and then Clyde comes in at number three. So it's hard to believe in the beginning of the season, Sharpie, that. Clyde would be in this position. I didn't see it coming after the season they had before and, and struggling to get enough kids to put you know a roster together, it seems like. Um, but there they are at the number three seed. What are their chances to advance through to you know get to the Blue Cross Arena? I think they're very good. Um, you know, they, they drew a bye, and they'll have a home game against either Alexander or Campbell Savona. Um, you know, you talk about great players leading teams and being able to put people on their back. You know, I doubt that Alexander or Campbell Savona have seen an athlete like Cam Chance or even Jaden McKinney, one mm-hmm. of those two guys. So I think that one-two punch can, can get them at least in the semifinal round. Now, I haven't seen Perry play this year, but I talked to a couple people that have, and they feel like they're, they're a very strong team. So that, that'll be a very tough semifinal for whoever comes out of that bottom half of the bracket. Um, so I think, you know, the Clyde's won nine of the last ten. They're playing playing very well. You know, the only loss was two Lions. In a um, close game, game that was closer and, than maybe people thought. In a close game, right. Yep. So I, I think their chances of advancing to the Blue Cross are, are good. Sometimes when we do these brackets, do we look at them and we think of them, we're always looking at it from the Wayne Finger Lakes perspective. But if you're Perry, you went to the finals last year and you got knocked off by uh, Justice Smith in a tough Lions team. And so they, they want to get back and probably get revenge against Lions. Uh, so yeah. um, that would be a motivated team, Corsi, against Clyde. But what do you make of this uh, C2 tournament? Well, <clears throat> you know, I like Perry to make to the finals. I think it's going to be Perry-Lions, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
you know, we talk a lot about the Wayne Finger Lakes because that's where we're from. And, you know, now we, we really get to see, just like they talk about the ACC and the Big Ten and, and the NCAA, now we get to see how good is your league. Right. Yep. You know, and how many teams can come out of this. And I think in Wayne County, the only team really, because Gananda's got those two teams we just talked about, is, is Lions coming out of Wayne County to get to the finals. Um, not to take anything away from what, uh, you know, we, you guys have talked about and what Clyde has done, but I just don't see it. Perry just uh, last week beat um, the B1 or the B2 number one seed in Avon. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got some really nice wins on their schedule. Um, they've beaten some pretty good teams. And, you know, Perry's going to be a tough out, and I'm right. not sure if Clyde can right. handle that. And then, you know, you look forward to that Lions-Perry matchup, which we seem to see a lot, you know. And, and uh, you know, does Lions, does Lions have enough without, Justin. you know, Justice, Justin, mm-hmm. Tootie. Let's call it Tootie. Yeah. That, that's, you know, a lot less confusing. Tootie Smith. Um, to, to win it, you know. So uh, I, I get, you know, got the ref Lions Waterloo yesterday scrimmage, and uh, I was impressed with Lions. They got a lot of nice pieces. Uh, they got strength and they got guards. Uh, we were talking about Amir James at yeah. dinner last night. Yeah, yeah, Amir's tough, and uh, you know I didn't get a chance to see those guys play a lot this year, but I was really impressed. He, he you know, I, I think Julian Ruiz is, is one of the better guards in the Wayne Finger Lakes, and you know he was up bottling them up and guarding them, you know. And Julian's kind of a you know a senior man, and you know, but there was Amir just you know getting up and trying to bother him, and you know they they, they went at it. He didn't shut him down or anything, but you know with just a defensive presence yeah. um, that that he can provide and. And Benji Kemp inside is just, you know, by the end of the scrimmage, I, you know, I want to take this kid and put him on my team, you know, and he's, he's Benji? fierce, he's yeah. strong, yeah. he's classy, yep. uh, confident, and, and Dean does a really good job of making sure those guys get the ball inside on the box, and I was impressed with that. Um, so, I, you know, I look forward to Lions getting to the finals there, and then, you know, that Perry-Lions matchup, again, it's going to be anybody's game, but I think Lions has another shot to, you know, repeat, and, and like you said, Dean, without... Uh, either Smith boy, you know, I mean, that yeah. that's just shows you how talented this Lions and deep right. they are and what a good job he's done with them. So uh, I like Lions to come out of this. And, of course, they might have to face Bloomfield if Bloomfield get, can get by Pembroke um, in the 8-9 game coming up this week. And, uh, and then again, this sets up to be a great semifinal as well. You know, you got the two Route 31 rivals, Lions and Clyde, potentially playing, you know, in the same gym as part of a doubleheader. So Lions, Geneseo, Perry, Clyde—that that that could be a Bloomfield gym for a semifinal doubleheader. Uh, Jerry, looking at this uh, class C two boys, do you have any uh, thoughts before we move on to C three? Uh, you know, I just echo the same sentiments as Kevin. I was I was I also worked that game with Kevin yesterday, the scrimmage, uh, and you know Lions was pretty impressive uh, for me. I hadn't seen them yet this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were you know they were pretty deep. Um, uh, athletic, young, young. J.C. Walker, freshman. Yeah, um, doesn't um, look like a freshman. You know, they they were smooth. They shared the ball well, and you know, and Dean did have a you know have a presence to you know to emphasize post play, right? Which we don't see a lot anymore, right? right? right. The game is has become perimeter oriented, and you know, there's a huge advantage in postseason play, right? Pounding the ball to the block, getting kids in foul trouble, um, shortening the game. Um, so you know, I, I do look at Lions, and they're a perennial favorite, but. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Lions-Clyde finals, and I, I think that'd be great for Wayne County and the Finger Lakes. Um, It'd be amazing. You know, yeah. yeah. I don't know that you can ask for more. Let's set that up. <laughs> and, and not to take, there's one, you know, Geneseo yeah. in that bracket in yeah, the right. four, you know, so right. I, and I, I did want to touch on that, and I got a little carried away with how much I love Benji Kemp. But, um, 
you know, Geneseo is going to be a tough semifinal matchup. Uh, that, that's a pretty good team uh, as well. So it's, it's not a cakewalk for Lions by any means to get to that final. But. You know, just one more comment regarding mm -hmm. Clyde. So, you know, I, I, when Darren took the, the job over there, right, so, you know, Darren's been involved in, in area basketball forever, right, and Darren has his way, and it's a, it's a you know, it's a compliment to the kids that bought into Darren's mm -hmm. system, right. Um, Darren's a great coach, right. But those kids had to buy in, right. and, and that's really what it shows, right? Um, Darren goes, you know, he's kind of old school, like mm -hmm. some of us, right? Mm -hmm. And not today's athlete doesn't always buy into that type of coaching, and you know, you know, compliments to you know to the athletes and Clyde for buying in, right? And, and really trusting him, you know, to get them from where they were to where they're at today. And imagine too, it's kind of a, he can go with the us against the world, you know kind of approach with just such a small roster and uh you know a lot of people especially over the past couple of years not talking too much about Clyde which is you know over the decades one of the premier programs in section five so um Sharp you had one more thing you wanted to say well yeah he does have that mentality too the us against the world type thing because I was at the Clyde Finney game earlier this year and Marcus Robinson had 33 points with six minutes to go in the third quarter and I was sitting up behind the Clyde bench and he challenged those kids to shut him down and Cam Chance rose to that occasion and he picked him up right at half court and didn't let him breathe and you know how many points Marcus Robinson ended up with? 33. He shut him down the rest of the game. He did have some help. He had guys jumping over. So it wasn't all just a one-on-one -on -one half court game but Cam Chance took it upon himself to shut this kid down. You know, was able not. to, and you were talking about a guy. There's been people talking about NBA with Marcus yeah, Robinson. I was just very impressed with how Cam rose to the occasion. That, and you know, what Jerry said about Lions sharing the basketball. They share the basketball as well as any Lions team I've seen in the past ten years. They really don't care who scores. They just go out and play basketball. So they're they're a very very good team. And a lot of different options on their roster to score. So. Um, yeah, C2 is going to be uh, a lot of fun, even though there's only those three Wayne Finger Lakes teams, but the one in the three seed. Now, C3, uh, if we take a look at it, uh, of all the C classes, this is probably the one that would be a long shot to see uh, a local team in the finals or maybe even the semifinals. You know, maybe the best chance would be Dundee at five. Um, South Seneca, though, playing a little better. They really gave Minders everything that they had uh, on uh, the last night of the regular season down at the Jack Guinan Arena. So they come in as a sixth seed. But, you know, if Dundee, South Seneca, or even HAC advance, I think in C3, when you look at the top four seeds, um, you see perennial uh, schools who, who you expect to be there. And so it'll be a tough road for the Wayne Finger Lakes uh, in Class C3. But, um, you know, Coors, you got any thoughts on, on those top four seeds or some of these Wayne Finger Lakes teams that might have a chance? I like Cal Mum. You know, Cal Mum's uh, had a tough schedule. They're, you know, they do the same thing. We talk about some of these, mm -hmm. our, our schools. They go out and they play tough uh, non-league you know, non opponents. And uh, uh, as far as the local teams go, you know, I saw Matt Kenyon get 40 the other night in the South Seneca gym. And uh, if he scores 40 in the next couple of games, they could go right to the semis. But they're going to need they're going to need a lot of work from uh, him and the rest of the crew out there. But, uh, you know, Dundee has, has played well as of late. 
you know, the, but you look at these schools, it's York, it's Kelmom, you know, it's Oldfield, Alabama, you know, these guys are always the teams that are in the semis, and, you know, usually Lions is matched up with a lot of these teams. And York handed Red Jacket their only loss of the year a few weeks yeah, ago, yeah. too, so, you know, you got the two seed in Class C3 just beat the one seed in C2. So, um, Sharpie, uh, got any comments on, on C3? Well, I agree with Corsi as far as Kel Mum goes. They won it last year, and they've got three of their top players back. You know, Molazani Kid is the all-time leading scorer at Kel Mum. Um, you know, they beat the number two seed York twice this year. York beat them once. So, I expect to see those two teams in the finals again this year. Um, York's got a kid named Riley Stell, who's a 6'4 guard that, that moves pretty well. Um, you know, so he might be the best player in the class. But, um, you know, I think Cal Mullman serves to lose, I think. Mm-hmm. So let's look just one step beyond now because Section 5 has to determine a representative to the state tournament in Class C. So what you're going to have is a three-team playoff with one team getting a bye. And, you know, it could include Marcus Whitman, Red Jacket, Gananda, and uh, um, or it could include Lions or Clyde or Kale Mum. Uh, do, do we know who would be the number one seed in that scenario? It depends who wins. It'll go by points. It'll go by sectional points. So. I believe it'd be Kale Mum. I think they have. If so, they win, want. so it's not going to be. Whitman's going to be playing in it because yeah. of their 14 and 6 record. So if, if Whitman wins the Class C1, right. they're going to be playing. On that one depends on who wins right. um, You know the other game because, because Whitman. Uh, Played that tough non-league schedule. So but if Red Jacket won, so if Red Jacket, they would probably get the bye. So it all depends on who wins. In, in my opinion, I think it's going to be Lions, Kelmum, and Whitman. And uh, I think Lions has less sectional points than than uh, they Kelmum. Do, they do, and I think one of the reasons they do is they lost that game in Whitman. Um, right. To, with, it was their second or third last game of the year. So you would get that rubber match between mm-hmm. Whitman and Lions, which would be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think a great game. Yeah, they split. Yep. Um, one game Seth Benedict didn't play for Whitman, and the second time Tootie Smith didn't play for Lions. But, uh, you know, that C playing is also one of the most exciting things about this postseason, I think. The it's going to be very, very intriguing. Um, whoever gets that bye definitely has the advantage because the two teams play Friday night. One might play at 9 o'clock at night. they got to turn around and play a game on Monday, high-intensity game, and then turn around and play another game on Wednesday. You know, that, that's tough for high school kids tough. to be able to yeah. go three yeah. games in five days. And then a couple that, of days later, you're off to the Far West Regional, which for the boys is in Buffalo this right. year. That's yeah. a busy week. So it's going to be very difficult for the team. I, I think it's a big advantage for the team that gets that bye, that doesn't have to play that first playing game. Yeah, and that's yeah. a Section 5 thing, so three C brackets. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it's great to have more teams win a sectional title. I, I'm right. all for that. But at the same time, now you got to crunch all these games in to get yeah. your true C champion over to Buffalo. You get one winter West. storm, and next you know, thing you know, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's tough, but you know that's what Section Five does, and I think they should continue to do it. Just maybe it, this is where you look at it, and maybe start the sections a little bit earlier. You know, like you'll see Section Three; they start a week ahead of out of Boston Syracuse, yeah. yep. where Section Five just start a little bit earlier because you want your champions to be rested and you know tested, but also rested going into that far west. You don't want them exhausted, and, and the team that comes out of this. Could play, you know, three really big games in a week, and uh, you know, get everybody else kind of done and out of it. That's not going to win, you know. Yeah, that four games. Four games, so, right? Um, you know, something I think they, we could look at. And Section Five likes to have the kids playing, you know, so it doesn't really 
affect maybe an A or a B that they they only have one in playing game. But these these the C bracket is really tough when you get down through it. The year we won the, year we won the states, we had that buy, and I am hundred percent convinced that if we didn't have that buy, we would not have gotten out of section five. I think it's just a huge advantage. We had to play Jasper Troopsburg at the War Memorial, and they played three games in five days, and they just ran out of gas down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's a big advantage if you can be that. So do you, Jerry, you prefer like how Section 3 does it with big, uh, <clears throat> you know, they just do their A, B, C, D, big tournaments? Uh, you know, I'm torn on it. I, lo- I, love, I love the Section 5 um, all-in participation. And it is um, the same on the girls and boys. Um, um, in terms of the three brackets, you know, in 2015 we were there. We had to win uh, three games uh, and then head out to the far west, um, which – you know, it was it was okay from a you know a game prep standpoint for that game, but it wasn't a lot of time to prepare for the section six team. Yeah. So you know we're preparing for a team, then another team, then another team, and then you got three days to prepare for a section six team. Um, yeah. That you know you don't have any tape on. And yeah. So <laughs> from a preparation standpoint, but I agree with Kevin. You know, in the in the interest of section five, right? You want tested but rested. So there could be an opportunity there to start the season earlier or compress it. Um, you know, one of my complaints over the years is that we, we have a number of weeks in, in the season where we have one game or no games, right? I think you could add games and still shorten the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, you know, on a side note, I think the length of the season has also impacted, you know, the, you know, the athletes, you know, I've talked to some coaches, some communities where they've lost athletes because of the length of the season. They'll go play at a community center on Wednesday and Saturday nights because they love playing basketball. But they don't want to commit the time from November, season. late October to March. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is, it is uh, the yeah. longest season. And, and if you're watching at home, you're, you're probably you have a kid invested or you're, you're a fan of Wayne Finger Lakes basketball, and you can see it with your kids right now. It's like... Man, our regular season ended on Thursday, and we don't play maybe till Saturday. Like, you know, what a waste of time! Because if you're good, you're probably not too worried about your first opponent. So, you know, start the tournament a little earlier, and there's a lot of time over break. It just makes sense because if you start that tournament just a little bit earlier, then maybe you can drive somewhere and go on vacation over the break with the kids. And um, so, I, I just think we could at Section Five just start. Four or five days earlier, start the tournament a little earlier, and that'll help our champs. You know, going over to section six. But yep. my, my we haven't had a ton of success um, in section five, uh, especially Wayne Finger Lakes levels, um, going on to, towards the state tournament in a while. You know, most of it's come on the girls' side in recent history with Mid Lakes and South Seneca, and of those teams. Uh, you know, South Seneca was the team to win a state title. Midlake's never won one. They lost no. in the semis no. and the finals, yeah. So it's it's really rare air, you know, when you get that far. And so when you got these teams that have the potential, I think if Section 5, you'd want to put them in the best position to win. So um, moving on now to the girls' side, uh, Class B1 girls tournament. Um, this is a good one. And uh, the B, the B's on both sides are great so we're going to do b1 b2 girls and just looking at the bracket here um a little disappointed that we got waterloo and Pelmac on the same side but that does set up a really good opportunity to potentially see that semifinal um matchup and then mid lakes who's just been dominating um this class in the past couple of years you know they lost elena forbes and macy kisner carol walker's still there and uh 
they, they're not as strong as they have been, but it's a sixth seed potential to get through. But Dansville, Livonia are tough. And, you know, Jerry, you've played all these teams. This is the Finger Lakes East bracket, B1. Uh, you know, just give us your thoughts on on the teams here. Yeah, this, this is a pretty wide open bracket. Um, you know, there, there's four or five teams that, that could um you know, raise the trophy at, uh, come the end of the tournament. Uh, look, from from a talent standpoint, um, you know, Waterloo, Pelmac, Dansville are probably the three most talented teams in the bracket. Um, they're all a little different, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one is an intense pressure defensive team. You know, one is a, a senior-laden leadership team that slows the game down. Plays a little more methodical. Uh, Dansville's a little bit of both. They got a great guard. They got a great big. Um, and Livonia, you know, Livonia has one of the winningest coaches in Section Five history there with Karen Schuster. So there isn't anything that she hasn't seen. Um, yeah, you, know, you know, looking ahead at, at potential upsets. Um, you know, I'm a little biased, but I wouldn't I wouldn't look past Newark upsetting Greece Olympia. Um, Newark has, uh, in the past, not you know uh, performed as well as they'd like in the regular season. But come postseason, Coach Flad, you know, generally has that team ready, and they they've pulled up upsets off upsets in the last two or th- two of three years. Um, I just think back a few years ago when when we were fortunate enough to, to win a championship, they upset an Aquinas team that was the best team in the bracket, right? So. Yeah, right. You know, you, you go through these and, and you start to you start to look at the, the seedings, but in reality, it's about matchups, right? There's there's some higher seeds that don't match up well with lower seeds. Um, well, look there's at some upsets. Um, Hornell or Batavia or Greece Odyssey are they a potential threat to Waterloo or Palmac in the quarters? Batavia, absolutely. Batavia is a strong team, um, well coached, um, tough schedule. Uh, I think they actually lost to Waterloo by a point, mm-hmm. uh, a point or two during the regular season. Um, so, you know, you look at this and say, you know, if Batavia came out came out of this side of the bracket that it's an upset, it's not necessarily an upset. Um, you know, when, when you look at the teams and you get in depth with those teams and how they play. All right, let's move it over to B2. And, of course, this is a <coughs> bracket that you – are very familiar with and probably have scouted most of these teams. Um, you know, I'll start talking about this one. Penyan, um, to capture the number one seed, is uh, just a, a real accomplishment for Coach Davenport and her staff and her uh, program. I saw Penyan girls play twice this year, and they were both against Minders. And uh, the difference between what I saw in December to February was night and day in terms of the way they played together. Um, Penyan has a lot of size and athleticism, and it didn't seem to matter the first time around against Miners, but the second time they looked dominant. And um, you know, looking at uh, you know going forward, I, I wish Miners and Penyan weren't on the same side of the bracket because uh, you know I think that Miners certainly can make a run here. As well as they've done in the past, in the past, uh, Avon and Wellsville are are tough, but I don't think that they stand out um, above Penyan or Minders. I think it's kind of a wide open class B two. I think in this, pl- if it gets to the play in game, the B one champ will probably be a 
heavy favorite over the B2 champ. But to get that sectional title right now, and Jerry, I know you probably don't want to talk too much about your own bracket, but um, you know, looking at this, looking at this, this thing, it's wide open. And I've talked to you a lot about your team this year, and it's been you know, you guys can beat everybody, but you could lose to everybody too. You so it's uh, what are you doing to prepare your team, and then your just thoughts on this bracket. Yeah, in terms of preparation, uh, you know, so we break we break the season down into kind of three different seasons, right? We've got the preseason, the regular season, the postseason, and uh, you know, we try to treat the the preseason as preseason and regular season sort of as preseason as well. Um, you know, to try to uh, develop that chemistry, you know, understand who's gonna who's gonna make that step for those twenty games. You know, a freshman that's going to become a sophomore mm-hmm. in season, um, you know, ready to step up to contribute in the postseason. So, yeah, we've had some ups and downs throughout the year. Um, you know, we think we finished on a high note. We've had some really great practices over the last three or four days. Um, you know, we think we have them focused. Um, in terms of the bracket, you and I have, have spoken about it. You know, there's four or five teams that could raise a trophy here. Um and I think that's that's uh, this is one of the brackets, and I'll stand by it that any team can beat anyone, any team can lose to anyone. You know, they're they're good enough to win each game, uh, but you know, as Coach Beheim says, you know, they only win as many games as they shoot the ball well, right? <laughs> so when you look at our matchup at Penyan versus our matchup at home against Penyan, you know, one of those matchups we shot the ball well, one of the matchups we didn't. So. Um, scoring's at a premium, and uh, you know, at times when you don't put the ball in the hoop, it, the game becomes a lot more difficult. Um, tough is it a tough matchup for you guys as a four seed? Um, to you do get the bye, but you're already slated in against a, a five seed Bath Haverling team. Yeah. Uh, so again, I, I think there's in my, and I've this is no secret. I've, I've said it to our girls, right? We're, we're we're strong enough to win every game in the bracket, and we're fragile enough to take a team too lightly and uh you know head home early and you know we're trying to get them focused on understanding you know the respect of the opponent um understanding what they're capable of doing and and not get so much tied up into their record um so friday night seven o'clock it looks like yeah friday night seven o'clock you know we're happy that we have a home game yeah um uh you know again an up and down season able to host a sectional game is, is a favorable outcome that was one of our goals on the year um and yeah, you know we know we know the bracket pretty well. Um, yeah, not, speak, real, real, um, real quick, Avon and Wellsville. Um. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Avon, they're both fairly young teams. Um, Avon uh, plays a little bit of a different game than Wellsville. Wellsville is a more up-tempo game. Um, Avon, uh, they'll press. They've got a, they got a, a freshman or a sophomore, six-foot girl who's pretty <coughs> active. Um, Great coaches uh, with both teams, and Pete Leone at Avon and uh, Michelle Elward at Wellsville. Um, they've been actually Pete uh, won a sectional title my first year against us in the finals, um, and Michelle's been there to the finals a number of times. So let's move it on here as we get one last look at B two and stick with the girls. We're going to run through the Class C girls tournament and. Let's start out with C1, and just like the boys, um, there's a lot of potential here in the Wayne Finger Lakes. You're going to see those same teams. Um, not quite as dominant within their class as on the boys' side, but um, you got co-champs in the Finger Lakes West, Red Jacket at four, Marcus Whitman at five, um, 
<clears throat> East Rochester comes in at seven. Uh, they they lost Zoe Zoots to a hand injury, but are still uh, very tough. Uh, the Ganana girls and Coach Karamie Wisson um, have more sectional experience than probably everybody in this classification. Uh, and even right down to Bloomfield, it's a lot of Wayne Finger Lakes flavor in this bracket. Um, you know, Sydney Close has been at Red Jacket forever. She's going to lead this team into what it will be, I think, her fifth sectional tournament. I don't think she played as a seventh grader. She might have, though. Um, but a lot of experience there. Uh, you know, Jerry, I know these guys aren't in your league, but um, just your thoughts on girls' class C1. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, with the theme of the Finger Lakes, I, I, I like Red Jacket. I like Whitman. I think uh, both coaches have done a great job over the last couple of years of building their programs up. Um, and again, I, I, they have a second-round matchup between Red Jacket and Whitman's kind of disappointing. It is, it is. Um, but, you know, I, I can see this this side of the bracket having one of those two teams represent uh, C1 in the finals. And then potentially, uh, you know, it could be against a Ganander in East Rochester, but the top seeds being uh, Byron Bergen and, and Canisteo Greenwood. So this is more of your traditional, you know, 16-team tournament. It's full. Um, so those first-round games mean a lot where um, similar to uh, – it's actually the exact same as a, as a region in the, uh, you know, NCAA men's tournament that's coming up. Uh, so definitely uh, will be fun to watch. And, and the C1 – and B five the C and B finals this year for the girls are going to be at Gates Chilai High School, not at Rush Henrietta. So um, it's a big gym, uh, be a little different. Really liked going to Rush Henrietta. It was a lot of fun. Now the state playing rounds will be at Rush Henrietta. So let's move it on now and take a look at uh, Class C two girls. And you know there you go. Kristen Bassett, Caden Crago, Amani Harder, Caitlin McDonald, and all the girls uh, at Lions captured that number one seed. And then Izzy Creek for all the individual, uh, Izzy Wilbur for all the individual accolades at number, earns a three seed this year. The team has never done much in sectional. She's a junior now. She's got the individual ability to help her team make a run. Uh, Dundee's a lot better this year with Mackenzie Strait and Haley Knapp. Um, and then you got Clyde with one senior and Taylor Sharp. Full disclosure, Kevin Sharp's niece. And then you have freshmen, like four or five freshmen, including their leading scorer. So um, now, Sharp, this is some girls' basketball you've seen a lot of. You've seen. A lot of these teams play. And I, before I turn it over to you, South Seneca, a 13 seed, which is almost blasphemy from what we've come to expect over as they've just owned um, their sectional classification over the past four or five years. Uh, but still, with that type of experience and a, a program that expects to win, even at the 13 seed, I think South Seneca is a threat in this. So this this is a real wide-open class, Sharpie. Yeah, I mean, I... Full disclosure: I've only seen three girls' basketball games this year, and they've all been they've all been Clyde games. Um, you know, Clyde and Lions went to overtime the first time they played. Um, Clyde lost in a pretty close game up until the final, I don't know, four minutes of the game at Lions later. Um, you know, you mentioned it, they're young; they're they're a couple years away, I think, from really being as 
being a favorite in the sectionals. They Coach just, Dunn's done an amazing job. I, they're another team that you didn't see coming, right. and they ended up competing for the league title. Yeah, and I think the youth coaches, the coach those kids in trail have done a great job with them too because, you know, this is his first year with three of those, three or four of those kids, the freshmen. Um, and Jada Larson, I think, is going to be a special player. She reminds me a lot of Merrick Volpe. Not at the same level right now, but she just plays so so hard. She can shoot it from the outside. She finishes inside. And her motor just doesn't stop. Um, so I think she's going to be a special player here years to come. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that much about the girls' bracket. I do know that, you know, Clyde Lyons' games both this year were, were pretty good games, and it's against the number one seed. 17 and 3 team. Yeah, Jerry, looking at uh, C2 here, um, you know, if you had to pick a semifinal out of this group, you know, what would you what would you do? Put you on the spot. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> it, it wouldn't be unheard of to not see the top two seeds in here. Um, the, the, as you get down into the C2, C3, the D, it's that one player that, that can just carry a team. You can throw the seeds uh, out the window. It, it really can. I mean, you talk about, you know, Kevin talked about the Lions-Clyde matchups. I've, I've saw both those videos. Um, they could have gone either way, right? And that's that's the one in five. It's different, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, you know, you look at the records, but then you, you watch them play. Um and anything can happen there, right? Even um, HAZ, you know, it's, it's the sixth, fifteenth seed. They have talented girls. Yeah, and, you know, I think the thing about Clyde, you know, um, Jada Larson is, is their leading scorer, but she can still sneak up on people, right? So you look at Red Creek. There's there's not a coach in, in the C bracket that doesn't know who Izzy Wilbur is, right? She's not sneaking up on anyone, right? She's going to be game planned around, right? She's going to see junk defenses. Um, you, you don't generally, you're not going to generally see that throughout this bracket. Um, so Clyde could could sneak by a number of people until that Lions matchup, and then a Clyde Lions matchup, you might as well throw the records out the door, right? Throw them right out the window. It's it's going to be about emotion and who wants it more. Um, and Kristen's done a great job at Lions, um, you know, over the last couple of years, turned that program around. Um, but uh, it's it's a bracket that you, I could easily see. You know, uh, a four and uh, and a six in the finals. Yep. yep. You know, I, I am still awake over here. Would you put beat around the bush and pick a four for us? You know, we go through these boys' brackets. I'm saying Whitman, this Whitman, this. You coach, are. Coach Gage has got my. You know, he's got my picks on the board yep. for the red jacket boys. You've already you, got. You, you won't give us an answer. Just say it. I'll not, say it. Keshequa is going to win the bracket. I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a star next to Keshequa, and I have a star next to Oakfield. You know, he's still a coach. We, yeah. Sorry, we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to see these guys on the court, yeah. so we can say whatever we want. But, you know, you can tell Coach Anderson's still the coach of the yep. room because he won't, he won't come out and say who he thinks is going to win. No locker room talk from me. And a shout-out to Coach Bassett and Lions. Well, I got she yeah. uh, coach my daughter and some AAU, and oh, uh, yeah. she's really positive, upbeat, and, and I love what she she's does. She's high, high energy, yeah, right? passionate. So, yeah. uh, Kaylin had a lot of fun playing for her. Way more than Coach Anderson. She just texted me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I just kidding. That's a, that's just a joke. But, uh, you know, she she did a great job at Lions. I want to echo that for everybody. You know, that you guys said that already. Well, um, yeah, this this one's wide open, and uh, I don't know much about Keshequa, the, the other top seeds, or Wheatland Jailine. You know, I'd like to think you know being so close to the South Seneca program over the past few years, and you know, traveling with them to. Hudson Valley so many times that I'd like to think that they could, you know, make a run still at the 13th seed. Um, but we saw what Romulus did to him on Finger Lakes 1 on uh, last Wednesday night. 
uh, you know, Romulus, I think, has become the team out of the South County to look for uh, over the next year or two to, you know, to, to make that run uh, that we're getting so used to from um, the south end of the Finger Lakes, not only South Seneca and Romulus, but Watkins Glen as well have uh, really done well. It's like a little piece of your heart is missing this year without South Seneca being as good as they are. I've seen it all winter, Jim. <laughs> and uh, you really should jump on the Warriors bandwagon and Kiara Woody because she's going to carry that team to a sectional title this year. Well, you know, we are front yeah. runners here yeah, at yeah, we are. one. <laughs> we pay attention to the teams that are going to uh, have the best chance to win. So um, so that then that C2 will have a play in as well. But there's no C3 in the girls. So, you know, we've got two 16-team tournaments. I kind of like that. Uh, but now let's get back to the boys, and we're going to end with the two boys classifications, B1 and B2, which um, very Finger Lakes East heavy and uh, very intriguing, especially in B1, as we saw you know, the battles play out in the Finger Lakes East all year long on Finger Lakes 1. Um, Geneva, Waterloo, Waterloo, Newark. I mean, it opened up the season with Newark. Um, you know, beating Waterloo on opening night and looking like Newark was odds-on favorites to win the East. Then they kind of struggle throughout the season, end up at a seven seed, uh, but still with the talent to to make a run here. Geneva one, Waterloo three, Greece Odyssey. I think is a team that we're going to talk about as being you know one of the toughest. And um, Batavia, Buddy Brasky, Hornell. I mean, this bracket's awesome. Then you even go down to the Palmac boys playing got, playing good with the Goodness Brothers and. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a heck of a bracket that's, that's shaping up here. So, Corzy, I'll, I'll bring it back to you and let you... You know, I, I kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier, but this is where you, you look back at the end of the year and say, okay, now, how good was the Finger Lakes East? You know, and, and you know, I know I coached in it last year, but last year I felt good that the Finger Lakes East was top-notch. You know, we had six out of our seven first-team all-league players go play college ball, and some, like, starting and doing quite well. You know, you had... Yeah, you got uh, Saluka and uh, Mason over right. at FLCC, both right. playing a lot now. You know, you got um, Darren Miller's at Alford, uh, Blankenberg's at Naz, and uh, his teammate Carmichael's down at Pitt Bradford. You know, he starts and right. plays a lot, right. you know. Um, so, you know, it was good. We, I think we had one kid that didn't go play. I'm, I'm missing somebody else, but... Um, uh, Tyler Reed, he's up, he, he starts for uh, or Tyler Patchett, sorry, Reed Patchett, he's starting for uh, ESF. ESF, you know. So, geez, yeah. you know, you look at that and say, wow. Yeah. And then this year, mm, you know, there, there, there's no standouts for sure. Uh, you know, you look at Geneva, kind of exemplifies the league this year, and, and they're in this bracket that they're deep and, and 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 they can run a lot of guys at you. Well, Devin Martin is a college player. He is, but he's a junior, right. so he won't be playing anywhere next year. And I'm just going, I guess, down to the senior class. Like yep. Martin will play somewhere in, uh, you know, probably <clears throat> in a year. But uh, as just you look at that senior class, there's really, you know, there's some kids in this league that you look at are younger that will play college, right. but just not this year, you know. So, um, but this is where, <laughs> so is the Finger Lakes East any good? And it's always a test in B1 because they have to play Monroe County teams and, so I look at this bracket, Geneva number one, I, you know, I think they get into the semis and, and they'll be playing Odyssey. And, and that Geneva-Odyssey matchup is uh, tough. I followed Hornell throughout the year. They've got some, you know, Whitman beat them. Um, Geneva and Waterloo beat Hornell yeah, at Hornell. At Hornell. Um, so I like Geneva getting the semis against Odyssey. And, and quite frankly, that's going to be a heck of a game. You know, I mean, they got uh, Greece Odyssey's got Hartzell back. He's a three-year varsity player. Thousand point scorer, you know, he's like going to be an all Monroe County player, and, and and they have some pieces. And Odyssey's won sectionals now two out of or the last two years, you know, the last two years. So they did lose, you know, quite a bit uh, supporting cast uh, last year, but they'll be back and they're 
they're tested. You know, we talked about Marcus Wimmen being tested, but when you play in that Monroe County, they're playing dogfights every night. You know, I've even been on the end of that. You know, all of a sudden, you, you know, you got to go play Greece Odyssey and look at their schedule. It's, it's impressive. So I do like Geneva to get to the semis. You know, Batavia seems to run into Newark. You know, every, Newark Batavia is like every year. You know, I uh, give the advantage to Batavia this year. I uh, like Waterloo's matchup and, and into the semis. So I think you have two Finger Lakes Easts in the semis. They could win or lose. It's going to be whoever shows up. You know, Waterloo's thing is they can shoot themselves to a championship, but they can shoot themselves right out of a first round yeah. loss to Livonia at home. You know, uh, you know they, they don't always take the best shots. Uh, they certainly have talented kids. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, very intriguing as far as uh, Finger Lakes East basketball goes in B1 as always. You know. Yeah, I look at this and your first impression when you see this bracket, um, and we've been talking about it, is man, Geneva and Waterloo are on opposite sides of the brackets. They're going to meet in the Blue Cross. It's going to be amazing. And all Finger Lakes East title, just like Pelmac and Newark and Minders in Newark. Uh, but I think that's unlikely to happen. There's just too many good other teams. Um, I don't see... Is Geneva having an obvious advantage over Greece Odyssey? And I don't see Waterloo having an obvious advantage over Batavia. They're almost 50-50 games. And I bet you if this podcast was being done in Rochester or in Livingston County, that those people might feel that Batavia and Odyssey would be favors, mm-hmm. favorites. So, mm-hmm. you know, Sharpie, we've seen these, yeah. especially Geneva, Waterloo, and Newark play a ton this year. And so there's probably not a better bracket to uh to really, you know, break down than this one's with everything we've seen. What do you think? Well, I mean, uh, I, I think Greece Odyssey is the favorite. They've got three three key components back from last year's sectional championship, and Hartsfield is a different type of athlete. Yeah. You know, something you're not going to face. He's a Devin Martin type athlete. Mm-hmm. Something you're not going to face every day. Um, Geneva and Odyssey played, I think, to a three-point game earlier this year at Greece Odyssey. So I think that it could be a dogfight. I, I really do. Um, you know, we've seen Waterloo jump out to a 10-point lead with under four minutes to go in the game and then allow Geneva to score the next 17 points. So you're absolutely right. They can, uh, they can shoot you in a game or they can turn it over and get you out of the game, game quickly. Um, you know, Livonia there, you know, that's a tough matchup for Waterloo right away. Matt Young has been around for a long time, and those kids, they've got a couple. I think the Minahan brothers are putting up some pretty good points mm-hmm. over there. Um, that that would be an interesting matchup there next uh, Saturday night. Um, Batavia, I saw Batavia play earlier this year against Newark. Newark only lost by a point to them. It was in Newark, um, but it's a typical Buddy Brasky-type team without that exceptional Next level athlete. I mean, they're all kids that seem like they understand their system, the system, embrace their roles, and they play like Buddy Brasky's team do. In your face, tough defense. Do you think Big, that Newark kids. has better athletes than Batavia, like uh, size and athleticism? You know, that's really hard. I think they have a couple that are better athletes than the kids from Batavia, but Batavia's so well coached that they don't allow you to use that athleticism for thirty-two min- for a full 32 minutes. You know, they get back on defense, they pressure the basketball, and get, get you in spots where you don't want to be and where you're not comfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean, Newark is playing playing better now. You know, they, they scored 70 points against uh, Northeast Northwest College Prep a couple nights ago. It's their highest output of the year. Um, you know, they, they've inserted Sean Howard in the starting lineup, and he's he's made a difference as far as what their energy, their energy level. Yeah, he, he can, you know, I, I saw, I've covered Newark a couple times this year, and Howard, when he's been on the court, has been 
uh, you know, the most influential player on both teams. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to have to ride him a little bit as a, just a freshman. As a freshman, yeah. but you know, if they they want to go far, Howard's got to be on the court about yeah. twenty six minutes, as my opinion. You know, yeah. he's just a formidable athlete. So you look into the brackets, and this one to me looks like the quarterfinals are almost as good as the semifinals. Those are going to be some tough quarterfinal games. You know, like you say, even Batavia, the second seed, potentially facing a Newark team that they barely got by last week, and. Um, you know, Livonia against Warren. Even Olympia is uh, is eleven seed is a team that could probably beat anybody in this bracket. But um, that Odyssey Hornell game uh, is a tough one. I'm sure Geneva will probably be rooting for Hornell in that one. And then to have to face a league opponent, both Palmac and Midlakes gave Geneva a game this year, and it's uh, same thing as uh, we talked about on. Uh, the other side with Whitman and Red Jacket. This is a senior-laden Geneva team that has been wanting to bring home a sectional title. This is a senior-laden Waterloo group under new leadership from Coach Darnell, who both we've talked to those kids throughout the year, and both their goals was to bring home a sectional title. And I could see either team doing it, but I could also see one of these teams maybe losing in the semis or even, God forbid, in the quarters. So, so let's pick it. I'll pick it. You know, I gotta go. I gotta go with Geneva just based on things that we have seen um, this season, and I think that Waterloo certainly could do it. But I think that Geneva is a safer bet because they're more consistent, and um, and that De- and Devin Martin is a wild card. I mean, he'll, he'll he's the best athlete, including Hartzell. I think in this whole bracket. So I don't know what what's your pick, Sharpie. I I would I would go with Odyssey with my with my head and Geneva and Waterloo and Newark with my heart. You know, Finger Lakes team. But you know, in the game that final game is at nine o'clock in the morning at the Blue Cross. Such a crap. Such a crap. Hate that. So you know, I mean, I saw Newark go up against Odyssey last year and just not show up and just get blown off the floor in the first seven minutes of the game. Yeah, I was there too. I got up at six (laughs) a.m. <laughs> After calling a game that started at nine thirty the night before, yeah, yeah. in the Blue Cross, should have just slept in the uh, back room there in the Amherst booth. Um, Jerry, you got a pick? Yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to jump on Kevin's bandwagon here, and I'm going to go with Odyssey too. Um, I, I don't know a lot about some of the other teams outside of the Finger Lakes East teams, but you know, to Kevin's comment about Waterloo uh, shooting the ball, right? They've never been to Blue Cross, to my knowledge, right? That's not an easy place to shoot. No. And they haven't won a sectional um, title since and, 1972. Yeah. And, and most of the teams that get there have some low post presence. And if Waterloo is going to is going to get there and they're going to they're going to raise that trophy, they got to have a low post presence because number one, I know they're senior laden. Listening, Joel Craft, right? They're they're, they're senior laden, but. Yeah. Is the venue too big? Is it too yeah. big of a, a situation for them, right? There's there's a lot of teams that have been there multiple times, and the first time it's too big for some kids. Right. It, mm-hmm. You know, you, you get there the second time. Some some teams are fortunate enough to be there a third time, right, and, and they adjust. Right. And they understand that, hey, we're not going to win by shooting 33s at the, at the big house, right? Yeah. It, it, it's just not a good place to shoot. Um and you know, and I'm I feel fortunate that the girls don't play at the big house anymore because it's a huge disadvantage to teams that aren't in that type of venue that aren't used to adjust adjustment uh, in terms of. So depth you're looking at Odyssey as a team with the most the roster probably with the most Blue Cross experience, which is another reason that you might yeah. want to um, go with them. But I think Geneva is going to beat them before the Blue Cross. So, well, Corsi, so what's your what's your pick? <clears throat> you know, 
maybe it's because of my heart too, but I, you know, I think it's going to be Waterloo, Batavia, and, and the semis. And and the thing that I always go back to when we talk about local small school basketball is you got to have that kid that can carry you, you know. And uh, Waterloo's got a couple of those kids that could take over in, in a in a big moment. You know, I, I look back to Tippy. You know, mm-hmm. with what he did with Coach Young at Lions. You know, he basically just carried the team for like four games and really made that team legendary. You know, so. Uh, Waterloo does have a couple kids that could do that if they decide. You know, they, it's been 72. 1972. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's been 30 years since they've been to, you know, 20 years since they've been to the big house. And a lot play, of good teams. Playing the finals, you know, and because uh, you know, I know I was a part of the teams that didn't get there. Um, so, you know, yes, could they lose uh, to Livonia at home? Absolutely. But I, I, I think they win that game. I think they get Batavia in the semis. And all it takes is a kid like Ruiz or Hubbard. A Hubbard, you know, Hubbard can't take over a game off the dribble like a Ruiz or a Saluka can. Mm-hmm. He, he can't. But he can get hot and knock down five threes. Lawrence can knock down a few threes. He gets hot. You know, these guys get hot in one game. Bam. Next thing you know, they're everybody's like, wow, look at Waterloo. And then they might come out the next game. Right. So, I, you know, with Saluka and Ruiz, and, you know, you talk about uh, Joel Kraft. And he'll, he'll be the one that boxes out and, and rebounds. And he brings, the, he brings the lunch pail for that group, you know. But... Uh, Ruiz does too. You know, he'll get in there and rebound a little bit. But see, other guys, they got to buy into defense. You know, the one thing about Lions and Waterloo that I didn't mention in that scrimmage, <laughs> you know, and it's a scrimmage. Right. Nobody brought defense. Really? Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was pretty bad defensive effort. Lions can get away with it in the, in the seas and maybe win a title. Waterloo can't get away with not playing defense in this bracket in advance. So they're going to have to play defense and rebound. But I'm calling it. I'm going to got them in the finals versus Odyssey, and Odyssey, Odyssey takes them down. Well, it's going to be a good one. And now that brings us to our final classification of the show today. And that would be the Class B2 tournament uh, featuring a pair of Finger Lakes East teams in Penyan and Minders. And, you know, Minders is going to have an opening round game at home against Early College. I can tell you for sure that one's going to be on FL1 Radio. We're going to, we, I wanted to announce our broadcast schedule on this show, but we just haven't ironed it out yet because it's so, um, so complicated and so many teams. And so uh, that'll be coming. Uh, maybe later, later this afternoon we'll post something on Finger Lakes 1. But, um, you know, tough have on team number one. Wellsville has incredible player in Jusiliat. Jusiniak, Jusiniak. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to say. That's Jusiniak. why they call him Juice. Max Jusiniak. So if we, if we refer to him, we'll just all say Juice for the rest of the show. You know, Leroy too, um, and then you know, Dan Doyle's Penyan Mustangs, just like the girls, kind of exceeded expectations. Got that four seed, and this is very similar, I think, to the girls, especially from the minors' perspective. Is that um, this team could probably beat anybody in this bracket, and they could also probably lose to anybody in this bracket. It'll be a tough go out of it as the six seed um you know but jerry even though that you're on the coach and the girls and you don't see as much of the boys you have seen enough of the boys to probably have an opinion on on it. what do you think about uh minder shot yeah I, I think you know it's the same thing that that i feel on our side and the girls side so they are talented um you know we can score the ball in spurts um so if if we can get consistent or improve on our consistency to score um, you know, that increase our likelihood of winning. Or the defensive end, there's some lapses there, right? And Coach Prane's working on that. Um, you know, we're led by sophomores. Are they sophomores now? Well, well, you well know, the Bogart and Cabot are sophomores. Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then a junior. Um, and then you know, th- there's some leadership there at the senior uh, senior Griffin class Heron. with Griffin Heron. Um, 
sophomores in Jake Smith and Nick Jones that have been there for a while, and Jared King, who's the second leading scorer yeah, on the team. I Maybe mean, the leading scorer. Second, second leading scorer, yeah. To me, this is, you know, our boys' team's a, a, a team that, um, you know, matches up well with certain teams. It doesn't match up well with certain teams, right? If they run into a couple of big kids, it may not be a great matchup. Um, we run into a couple of aggressive man teams, may not be a matchup. I don't know. Uh, but Coach Prince, I think he's done a nice job with them. I think they've overachieved this year. I don't think, you know, he may not admit it, but I know I didn't have them winning nine games this year. Um, and, you know, they won They won some games and they hung around some games that I, that I didn't expect. Um, I was really impressed uh, with his effort and the team's effort against Whitman. Um, you know, that, that built a lot of credibility with me with that team. Um, they were down. They were down. They came back. Yep. Right? They were down again. They came back. They didn't quit. There was no quit in the team. The Waterloo um, game, second Waterloo game in Waterloo, right down to the wire. Uh, ab- absolutely. Know, it's, so they have shown they can play everybody. And very young, but I like to say it a lot um, that you start, and you said it earlier, these sophomores aren't sophomores anymore. They're not sophomores. They're anymore. like young juniors at this point. And so it's been fun to watch him progress. And uh, and in a terrific 21 from my, you know, Troy Cabot as a sophomore was on there. Um, and I think it was well-deserved. I think he's the kind of next-level talent that's going to be really exciting over the next few years. But when you're this young, Corsi, and you can start and make a run now, that just makes things even brighter for the next couple of years. So what you're, you've watched almost every single one of these teams' games with your boy Will on the JV team. You've been there, and you coached these guys last year, so nobody has a better uh, gauge of where the program is right now for Minders, I think, than you. Well, I, I just want to go back to what he said about Coach Prane and at 9-11. and 11, um, You know, I, like I said, you know, I, I, I resigned late, you know, and – and I look, you start looking at the next year, and as a coach, you're like, okay, you know, how do I schedule this, and where are we going to get wins? And I thought they'd be right around nine eleven. You know, what I didn't think is that they would be in so many tough games against Wayne and Waterloo and five uh, point losers to Wayne you know, last week. And, 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 and you know, they could have won a few of those games. So you know, as a coach and as a parent or fan that's watching all the time, I say, gee, we can't win that game. But you know, as a guy that coached these kids and watches them so closely, it's like they should just be happy that they are competing yeah. and in it every game. You know, so a great job to the boys and, and Coach Prane this year. And they've got themselves in a position in the bracket. You know, Troy Cabot's one of the best scorers in the Finger Lakes East. You know, he can he can fill it up. I mean, I watch him sometimes this year where he's just like out of control and off balance. And I'm like, Troy, what you, you know, I've coached Troy since he started, you know. And I'm like, Troy, what are you doing? And all of a sudden he looks up at the basket and nothing but that. You know, it's like, why did you take that shot, sure. number one? How did, How you, did make, you make that shot? Make he it, just yeah. has that He's got a killer yeah. instinct yeah. to score. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, you know, this is a very similar to what we talked about with Waterloo. A couple guys get hot from the arc, they're going to be in the finals, right. you know, for, for a stretch, you know. But, again, so early Long college. road trip to Wellsville yeah. if they well, need so, so if you walk through the first two games, yeah. you know, my favorite story last year, we, we played early college at home, you know, so it was the same, it's the exact same draw. And, uh I, I, you know, I have a pretty detailed scouting report in, you know, every player. You know, this kid likes to go left, and this kid likes to shoot off the dribble, and this kid can't shoot off the dribble, and all this stuff. So I go through two players in early college, comes down there, got this, you know, number three. I'm like, guys, this guy comes off the bench. Like, he'll shoot from anywhere. We can't let him get a shot off. It doesn't look like he can shoot. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember what his name is. And, and so all of a sudden, early college walks in, and Coach Gillia comes in, and he's got a box of uniforms, you know, like in, in a, like one of those things, Tupperware, you know, containers. Mm-hmm. And he's walking into the gym, and, and there's no team. I'm like, Coach, where's your team? He's like, well, I drive, they take the bus with the assistant. And 
I said, what are you doing in your uniforms? He goes, well, I, I bring my uniforms to the game because I, I never know who's going to show up, and especially late in the year, and then I can't get uniforms back because I don't see these kids again because they'll just you know, like maybe transfer to another school because it's open enrollment or I don't see the kids. And I'm like, wow. You know, I'm looking at my fans filling in and, you know, just the Arthur L. Baker. I'm like, man, I, 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 I'm kind of happy here, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so you, anyway, we get like halfway through the first quarter, and I forgot which bench player it was. Their kids are probably watching, you know, but they go, Coach, where's this number three? And, and I had found out right before the game started, the two guys just didn't show up. You know, two of the top seven players just didn't show for up. For a sectional so, game. For a sectional game. Yeah. And, and, and we rolled them because, you know, because of that. But, you know, I turned to the kids, I go, a couple of their kids didn't show. You know, like, hey, what do you, you know, like, what do you say to the kids? I, <laughs> right. So, you know, but if everybody shows for early college and they come focused <laughs> and ready to play, like, that's a tough matchup. Uh, but I, I think we advance and then, you know, it just seems like the last few years we've gotten a real bad draw to try to get to the finals, and, and this is the worst draw, I think, because it's a two-hour-plus yeah. drive to Wellsville, and now you got to go play one of the you know the best player in, in the bracket, and uh, Max Jusiniak, he's six-six guard. They I'm survive not, that, though, and get to the semis. Leroy well, is a team that I well, know. No, like, like I said, like the, Leroy and Wellsville like flip-flop on the last night. You know, So like, yeah. if we had to go to Leroy, that's what we did last a lot year. Better. We went to Leroy, we beat them. You know, it's a, it's a much better draw. Leroy lost everybody from last year. Like, Leroy, you know, they're, they're not they're not a great team. And uh, Wellsville's not a great team. Like, you look at Wellsville, it's like, oh, they're 10 and 10. They lost to Whitman twice. Yeah. Um, but Whitman has the type of player, the defenders, that can really lock down a Juciniak. One thing we've lacked all year is that lockdown, good-sized athletic defender. You know, so it really concerns me, can we go down – and shut down Juciniak in his own court on his senior, you know, his last game as a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a really hard draw. Ju- Juice is the type of kid that can get forty against us, you know, by himself. They they don't have a great supporting cast alongside him. They lost a lot of seniors, uh, so that's a really tough draw. Now, if they can go to Wellsville mm-hmm. and really grow up, like you just talked about, you know, mm-hmm. play as juniors and seniors, and you know, I, th- I think Griffin's the kid hearing that could maybe. You know, if he can keep his head and, and just really get out there and guard, he's the one kid that might be able to shut down Jusiniak because uh, he has the athleticism uh, and size. But, you know, then, then holy cow, now you got Leroy and maybe an Avon or Penyan. I, I think Penyan, they always seem to sneak in that, 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 that number that we want, you know, the four, you know, where they, they, they get to. You no, know, they hold. beat us. Second time, so yeah, that, yeah. Well, we that, split. You know, we beat them the second time. They beat us. The oh, first they beat us the first so, time. Yeah, we beat yeah, them the so second time. Okay. We split with Penyan, and, and Penyan went through a stretch like seven, eight games that they didn't have a full roster. They were sick. A lot of sickness. Sick. They came to minors. Kid was at a the Cuse game, and you know, it's like so they have. Oh, really? Been, they yeah. missed a kid because he went to a Syracuse. Game? Well, they bought they so they bought the tickets, and it was a snow game. You know, they they changed the game, and it was the Duke game. You know, so <laughs> Big deal. I, I understand, but my point to it being. <laughs> My point to be CW Post. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but is that they haven't had a full team, so you know, watch out for Penyan. You can't sleep on them. Um, Avon's class of the, the league, one class of the, the best uh, coach teams around. You know, it, they they will be prepared. They got some really big guys. Like back to what Jerry said earlier in the show, you put a couple bigs out there at this time of the year. It's, it makes it hard to defend. It's, it's stability rather than relying on the three. So uh, yeah, I think Avon's a favorite here. Um, but certainly, I see Penyon, I see Wellsville, and I see Minders as teams that could make the finals. So uh, it's 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 wide open, I think, with four teams. Um, but Avon is is the favorite, and the Juciniak kid can carry this team. And, and uh, Ramey Almond down in Wellsville, another fan, you know, he got some great coaches in his bracket. And uh, so 
Yeah, that's my take on it. I don't know. Sharpie, what are you, how you? about you? <laughs> I know I went on about the B1 bracket. Yeah, come on. So who's your pick? <laughs> who's my pick? You want my pick? He's going to pick Mainers. I'm going to go with the Blue Devils. No, I can't, I can't put that pressure on Coach Prane. So, uh, you know, like you said, my heart, I want to take Mainers. I want to keep watching them play. I want the kids to have success. I want to see the seniors, you know, get to the Blue Cross in their senior year. But um, I, I don't know if they can get past Wells, but if they do, they're going to be in the finals and have a good shot to win this thing. Um, so the, in your estimation that Wellsville second round game is the semifinal game? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it is, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, and then Avon Penyon, the winner of that game, they will play in the semis. Uh, the winner of that game is going to make the finals. And um, I got to give it, I got to give it probably Avon to, to win this, the number one seed. Avon, right now. Avon. Avon, yeah. Avon. Yeah, Avon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going with Minders. I love, I love, the, I love you, boys. So you didn't ask, you didn't ask me, Jim, but I'm going to go with Wellsville. Wellsville. I'm going to go with Wellsville, and I'm going to, you know, hopefully Coach Prane shares that with the team and <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, some locker room fodder. And that's what I say when I talk about things on here. I said, "Why does that mean anything? You know, tell, prove me wrong." Prove me wrong. I don't. Yeah, care. I just got a text from Manny Smith. Him. He said he's not going to talk to me for three weeks. Uh, well, you know, as, that, as far as that goes, I think one thing that's really helping Miners is that Jake Smith has broken out of his slump. <laughs> yes, he has. Right yeah. at Mid Lakes, yeah. he yeah. had a great game. So um, you know, playing more uh, the way brand of basketball he played as a sophomore. So that that's going to be a big role. And I think as young as this team is, I think what the difference is going to be is going to be the upperclassmen. It's going to be Nick Jones, Jake Smith, Griffin Heron. They're going to be, I think, the difference makers. I think that, you know, I think Troy Cabot's going to score, you know, and I think Michael Bogart's going to do what he's done all year, which has been good. Hopefully we want a little more inside presence from him. But, uh, yeah, I think that the upperclassmen will probably make the difference. Now, Sharpie, um, been quiet over there for a while. Well, of course, he <laughs> broke down the B2 bracket, but what's your thoughts on B2? Have you seen Penyan this year? I have seen Penyan. It must have been one of those games where kids were sick or on vacation because I think they scored 24 points against Newark for the for the whole game. Newark just rolled them. Um, so I'm not – I'm going to throw that one out. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't, that's the only time I saw them, so I'll take your, uh, take your lead on that. I mean, I, you know, guys that are tough kids that play hard always have a chance to advance. Um, but, you know, I agree. I think the Miners-Wellsville game, you know, if they don't fall asleep against early college and they get past that game, the Wellsville game is a very tough out for them. they got to travel two, two and a half hours to play against one of the best players in Section 5. Um, so that if they can get by that, I, I see them getting to the finals. The thing I really like about Miners is how hard – you mentioned it, um, Jerry, about the, how the effort they gave against Whitman. I was extremely impressed with how hard they're playing. They took Wayne right down to the end of the game, and I think Miners was missing three kids, four, four yeah. kids, yeah. four of their key key players. They, right? they played eight. They had eight kids. They, you know, they all got in, and they played. They played in tough. a five point game. To yeah. Wayne, number three seed in, in mm-hmm. eight. You know, um, and you know, I think that you know, Coach Prane. I want to give him a little shout out here. I think he really has his finger on the pulse of this team, because against Whitman, if you remember when the the King kid got the technical foul. A lot of coaches would have jumped down his throat, but he knew exactly what that kid needed at that time. Basically gave him a hug, didn't feel like he, nobody felt worse about that situation than the King kid. And then he came back, hit a big three down the stretch, and then hit two key foul shots. So I, I came, became very impressed with Coach Prane's coaching style in that situation, in that little snapshot. Um, so, you know, Avon has lost six games this year. They've lost to teams that, you know, we've talked about here. You know, Hornell, York, Perry, Calmum, Livonia. So they've got a tough schedule too. So they, you know, that 
I have never I haven't seen him play, but I'm really looking forward to if they advance to watching to watching them, and I'd love to see him play against Minders in that finals. Hmm. Okay, so well, I'll, I'll take Evan, um, but Minders definitely a sleeper that has a chance to uh, a sleeper at the six. Yeah, like we said, you usually don't see teams much higher seed than a six advance in uh, that, but. Um, this team certainly, and sometimes you do though. So, but so we've gone a little bit over as usual. Of course, um, we've covered every bracket. It's pretty impressive. But before one last thing, quickly before you guys got to go and get to the rec center, I know. Um, give me one bold prediction or or sleeper or a lock and a sleeper or something from each bracket, and um, or not from each bracket, just overall all the brackets. One thing that maybe uh, to look out for that uh, might be a surprise. And, you know, for me, I'm going to say that uh, Romulus is going to get to the finals against Elba. And uh, Elba's probably going to win that game. So that's not my bold prediction. But my bold prediction is, um, <laughs> I don't know, i got a lot of them. But, <laughs> but how, give me one, man, will you? I, you know, <laughs> I like the Miners boys to win B2. I really do. And I think that it, the, if... They win that second round game at Wellsville that they're going to win. They're going to go to the Blue Cross. Troy Jackrabbit Cabot's going to feel very comfortable in that big environment, and they're going to win the uh, East. And then, um, you know, on the girls' side, I just can't at this point sleep on South Seneca at all. And and I would be interested to see how much of a role Carol Walker's experience has going forward into sectionals because nobody has more postseason experience than Carol Walker. Nobody's talking about mid-lakes because we had a down regular season, but once we get into the postseason, I'm not going to count out Nate Rich and, and the Screaming Eagles yet either. And so those are kind of my two bull predictions. Uh, Jerry, you want to go next? Anything? Uh, a lock. Uh, east in the boys. I think that's that's as, as sure bet. East as, high, yep. East high. I, I do think that they're probably the best team in Section Five. He said right bold. <laughs> no, no. He said lock and bold. I can't. You do have some listening issues. I've dealt with Person that before with you as a parent, right? You only hear what you want to hear, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, from a from a bold prediction on, on the girls' side, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Clyde girls upsetting Lions in the finals. In the finals, man, that would really be something. That would be something. Uh, Corzy. Well, I I really don't have one, but I'm gonna make a bold prediction that Lions and Clyde girls don't even make the final. You're right. Because they're on the same side. Just, just yeah. in the semis. <laughs> yeah, in the semis. In the semis. Just checking. Yeah, you know, just checking. It's confusing. Just checking There's 18 tournaments here. There's, There's a lot of things going on. I think I kind of threw them out. You know, I think Romulus wins it. You know, I I, uh, I think Kiara Woody's a good enough athlete again to to take them to a final. That was going to be my bold prediction, but Elba's really good. Yeah, I, yeah, I know that. I've heard that. Um, but you know, I. I uh, She's likely the best athlete in that bracket. Yeah, and so I, you know, it's a, a bold prediction player. and for the girls' side, and I think I set it for the boys. I think if Waterloo makes the finals, people will be surprised. But um, you know, that's I'm gonna stick with what I went with earlier. No locks. You don't want to guarantee anything. I got a lot of locks. You want me to lock it? I could lock everything up. <laughs> okay, Eastai Whitman's a lock in the C C one. Wow, that's yep, a bold that's prediction. A lock. Coach yeah. O'Connor's gonna go get them and the boys, um, and then uh, you know, I, I actually Rhett Taconi did text me. Lions but, a lock. Lions is not a lock. Yeah, no, in the beginning lock. of the season, they no. were a lock. As well, far as everybody's talking about. If Tootie's playing and he's in shape and he's not hurt and, and everything, you know, then then they're a lock. Uh, he's, you know, just like Justice, he's a man among boys in that league. I mean, when Tootie got in that Waterloo scrimmage yesterday, Waterloo couldn't guard him. You know, I mean, they didn't have. So Luke was probably their best athlete, and Tootie's just twice so the size. Was he playing? 
Tootie uh, played know? a little bit in the scrimmage. Yeah. yeah, so if he played in the scrimmage, does that mean he's going to be playing? No, he won't be playing. He's out still for a little while. He played limited minutes. Okay. And, uh, yeah, right. so he, he's still out for a little bit. But, uh, you know, that would change things if he was back. I would certainly say if he's, if he's in shape and he's been playing, then, yeah, that's a lock. But, uh, no, I, I, I'd say my, my lock is Whitman. You can, you know, lock it up now. Take so it to great the bank. To watch, Take it to the bank. Sharpie. I'm going to agree with Jerry on my lock would be East High to win, to win their bracket. Um a bold prediction, Finney knocking off Red Jack in that 1-8 matchup. Oh, I like that one. Cool. You I'm know, but the thing about it is uh, Finney played Bloomfield and it took a last-second shot at Bloomfield, and Red Jack is way better than yeah. Bloomfield. So I look at that. I, I agree that that C.G. Finney team is scary. Um, but the teams that they've lost to, I would like to think that an experienced team like Red Jack would be able to handle them. But you're – but. That is that is tough. That is a tough opening round game for Red Jack's gonna have to score a lot of points. Yeah. You know, they scored I think eighty points against North Star Christian the other night. Um C G Fendi did. You know, yeah. Robinson having forty nine or something crazy like that. <laughs> it'll, it'll be good. The one thing Red Jack has got going for him in that game is their home. Mm-hmm. You know, so it'll be mm-hmm. a sold out, you know, you know, Red Jack. Tiny will, gym, tough place. That, they'll bring that crowd yeah. into that yeah. little place to, you know, that's a tough place to play to begin with. Yeah. Um so that that's you know, if you're Sitting around board, that that's a you know, you're gonna see one team, one team really try to contain one kid. Yeah. So it's an intriguing matchup for sure. Yeah. All right, well, guys, I appreciate you coming in on Sunday morning. We've done it. We've uh, covered the uh, all eighteen tournaments, and now it's ready to get started. So you know, appreciate you guys coming in. I know you got to get out of here and get to the rec center to coach some fifth or sixth grade. We could break down those games. Is it a tournament today? Because we could break down those games too. Yeah, I bring Burke in to do that. Let Burke and Jerry go. It'll be a four-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> I love Burke talking about the girls' basketball programs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey. We'd have to edit it out a little bit. Though. A little bit. <laughs> delay well, it. Delay it. I, he was. The invitation was extended. We love to have Burke in studio. And I hope to have him in the broadcast booth along the way. He, we bring him in for the biggest of games usually, you know. The, so the Blue Cross final. So I'm, I'm sure we'll see him um, in the broadcast booth this year. But, again, thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks to our sponsors, Generations Bank, Little John Ortho, and DeSano Propane, and Bill Cram Chevrolet. And uh, thanks for joining me all winter long for another season of the Upstate Hoops podcast here on Sunday mornings. And to all the coaches and students who made the trip into our studio here in Seneca Falls early on a Sunday morning, I really appreciate you coming in. And I think that those shows are the best shows when we get to highlight some of the student athletes and talk to the talk to the coaches who are you know building these programs and working with these kids every day remember to follow all the action during this year's postseason right here on fingerlakes1.com we'll have links to live broadcasts both our own on fl1 radio and any other outlet streaming live games we'll have those listed each night so you can find them we'll also have nightly scoreboard and bracket updates as we root on the wayne finger lakes teams and just see how far everyone can go. Thanks again to our great panel today. You'll be hearing my voice next from live inside a high school gymnasium this week and eventually the Blue Cross Arena. And so until then, thanks for tuning in and good luck to all the players and coaches in the road ahead.